I'm going to ask all mothers to please stand. Okay, ladies, that was slow. It shouldn't take that long to figure out if you apply. All right. So let's give our mothers a hand. We're so thankful for who you are. We as a church always want to extol the glories of motherhood. You may be seated. The high calling of motherhood in the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. So now we're going to just take a couple minutes to recognize a few of you ladies. Um, first of all, now watch how I did this. And by the way, my notes were not this, this good. I read what some ladies wrote and I improved this first category in particular. Because I'm a wise pastor. And so, the first category, and I'm going to get Nathan and Jonas to come to the front and help me uh, deliver some roses right quick. The first category would be the most, stay with me, here it is, mature mother. (laughs) Now, if you want to to talk about age with that, that's, that's strictly up to you because I'm using the word mature. So, if you are, um... Mature, please stand. Um, no, I'm, let's see. <laughs> We're going to start, let's see, we'll start about age 75. If you're a mother and over, or 75 or over, please stand. Okay, so we've got six. No, remain standing, Miss Charlotte, remain standing. Three, four, six. So we've got six here, over 75. Do we have any 80 or over? If you're not that, then be seated, okay? Still have five, four. Four of the six standing, okay? We're going to go one year at a time because, again, I'm no dummy. I'm a wise pastor. 81, okay? 82. And Miss Winnie, where you been? All right. Another, we've got two Miss Winnies. 83. Okay. All right. 83. Awesome. It's two still standing. 84. 85. 86. What was that? Ramble on. <laughs> 87. 88. 88 years old. Miss Winnie Keener in the back. Praise the Lord. Miss Winnie, how old were you when you had your first child? 66 years worth of mama right there. Praise the Lord. All right, that's great. All right, the next one, mother with the most children present. How many of you have got, let's do it this way, how many of you you have, um, um, let's see, let's, let's just do four, four present. How many has got four children present? Stan? You know, ladies, it's usually you three. Sometimes, I think, one of these days, I think we're going to get somebody else in here, but it's usually these three. Five children present. And Miss Mary Hensley wins. 
And that is how many she has, five, so. Okay, who has the newest baby? I don't have a clue. Who's got a baby here this morning less than a month old? Less than two months old. Less than two months old. Three months or less. Four months or less. All right, Leslie Gatonoglou, Mr. Luke. We've seen him this morning already. Which of you mothers is present today with children who came from the furthest away? Who's got some kids that came a long way to get here this morning? Okay. All right. Y'all stand up if that's you. How, how many of you, let's, let's see, how many of your kids came, I've mean, got to start with somewhere, over an hour? All y'all stand up. What's that? <laughs> they drive too fast. Okay, Miss Pritchett in the back. They're right at one hour. How about two hours? Okay, did everybody go down after one hour? I, I, I didn't. I missed Ginger over here. So we got three or four. How many of y'all are, are right here? Okay, one hour. Okay, so here's the here's the trouble. Uh, let's see. Wait a minute. All right. So let's see. One, two. How many flowers we got left, boys? Three? All right, let's see here. All right. Do y'all know how many miles, anybody? 89? 70? 80. <laughs> now, I think that was just sweet, don't you? She could have said 90 as quick as she said 88, good, or 89, 88, good, yeah. All right, well, Miss Ginger, we're going to let you win this one. And actually, what we're going to do is, uh, that's our last category. So take one to Ginger, and then take, uh, y'all can share, the in-laws can share. Y'all can just, and grandmas, and y'all can just kind of pass that around. This is a, all the Hamby family up here, and then one to the lady in the back as well. Awesome. All right, let's give all, our, all these ladies a hand. We don't always do this, but I want to do this this morning. We've had um, a number of these situations uh, happen and, and become reality uh, today, so in the, last, in the last few weeks, months, and so forth. If your mother is already in heaven, please stand. Some of you, as I just mentioned, have just recently experienced uh, your mother's home going, and we've been praying for you. Uh, for so many of you, Mother's Day is, is a bittersweet day. It's bitter because you can't be with your mother today. And you miss her something terrible, but it's also sweet because you can enjoy the wonderful memories you have of her. Oliver Wendell Holmes said, Youth fades, love droops, the leaves of friendship fall, but a mother's secret hope outlives them all. A mother's secret hope outlives them all. Mothers, what drives your secret hope for your kids? 
what is your greatest hope for them? I want to talk to you this morning about captivated moms and captivated kids. The two go hand in hand. And here's the truth I want you to take home. Mothers who are captivated by the glory of God in Jesus can uniquely lead their children to the everlasting satisfaction of God's grace in Jesus. Mothers, if you know where the water is, you can lead your kids there. And by the grace of God, they too will drink, even as you have. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Just like God spoke at creation and said, let there be light, and there was, so he's spoken into each of our lives and sovereignly given us eyes to see both our sin and the beauty of his grace in Jesus Christ. We sang a while ago, and I was thinking about this very verse when we were singing a while ago about amazing grace. I once was blind, but now I see. And, he, and, and then it goes on and, and, and a little different in, in that song, and it says, I can see your glory now. I can see your beauty now. I can see your love now. It's a miracle of salvation. It's the the miracle of grace that we're able to see the glory of God. God speaks light into our lives, and he's done that if you're here today and you know Jesus. John Piper said, the apex of the glory of God is the glory of his grace, and the apex of the glory of his grace is the death and resurrection of of his son. Why do we talk so much about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Because the very glory of God is most clearly and, and in its pinnacle form seen in Jesus' death and resurrection. The beauty of God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If we understand and see who Jesus is as the Savior, we see into the very heart of the living God. And it's beautiful. Amen? We see nothing less than the glory of the living God when we see with the eyes of our heart the face, the person, and work of Jesus Christ. And it is as we see the glory of God in his grace in Jesus that we find ourselves ultimately captivated by the glory of God himself. Captivated by the glory of God in the face of Christ. Now, moms, your task is to first live captivated by this glory that you've seen in Jesus Christ and then to lead your children to see and savor his glory. Yes, you see, you must enjoy God's grace first personally. You can't lead them to water you don't drink of yourself. You can't tell them and show them and demonstrate its satisfying power unless you too are drinking. So you must first enjoy God's grace and then lead your children to enjoy God's grace along with you. How do you do that? There's a couple things. You you do it in Christ-exalting worship. 1 Corinthians 10 Verse 31 through chapter 11, verse 1, Paul writes and says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. This is how mothers, and by the way, church, all of us, amen, are to live our lives. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or Greeks or the church of God. 
just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage but that of many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Paul says, here's the deal. You live, you exist for the glory of God. And just like I do, I try to please, uh, not seeking my own advantage, I try to please everyone. Now, does that mean he just wants to make people happy? No, he tells us what he means. He says, but for the advantage, not just of me, but of many, that they may be saved. I live my life not just to make them happy and, 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 and stroke them and, and give them what they want, but I live trying to, to keep an open door with people so that I can get the gospel in their hearts. I can show them the beauty of Jesus. I can, I can, I can explain to them how satisfying the living water of Christ is and get them ultimately to drink. And so we are all to live, he said, to the glory of God. All of life is worship. How do you lead your children to enjoy God's grace? You do it in Christ-exalting worship. And all of life is worship. And all of life is witness. Back in Deuteronomy, way back in in the days of of, of Israel, God told his people, he said, you know, you need to to talk about the word of God when you you sit down, when you rise up, when you you go in, when you go out. And, and, And the whole picture was... You're to be talking about the goodness of God, specifically having his word on your tongue all the time as parents. It it applies to everything in life. And so all the time, now does that mean you've always got to be quoting a Bible verse? No, but what it does mean is that you should be living and discussing and explaining life in light of God's word in all facets of life because it applies. And so you live to the glory of God. You know, there's a number of forms that our worship our enjoyment of God's grace takes, according to the Scriptures. But I want to focus on just two quickly. That it seems to me, maybe it's just based on my own experience, but it seems to me that mothers are particularly effective in teaching their children. Two forms of worship. The first one is singing. How many of you mothers sing to your children? We're not going to ask you to sing here so you can raise your hand without fear of any repercussion or solos. Okay. I mean, you just do. Colossians 3, verse 16, you're just, you're just obeying Scripture. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. But hear this, how else do you let the word of Christ dwell in you richly? Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And you know, isn't it amazing? When you sing, isn't it from a thankful heart? You know, when you see somebody singing to the Lord, I mean, isn't that evidence? A demonstration of the gratitude that's in here? Sure it is. And so, you know, mothers, when you... Don't, 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 don't downplay the, the ministry of singing that you have with your kids. Because you're showing them gratitude to Almighty God. You're singing truth about Jesus to them. It's a powerful thing. Matt Papa said the reason... Uh, he told us this when he was here a few, couple years ago in concert. We had a little session before talking about worship and, and his heart for worship. If you don't know his music, you, you should check it out, Matt Papa. Uh, he said this, the reason we're commanded to sing is that in singing, unlike anything else, we are physically reminding ourselves of how we should feel about God. How many of you have ever, well, let me be careful how I ask that question. When you're singing to the Lord, don't most of the time, don't you feel good? Doesn't it feel encouraging? I hesitated because there are times, though, 
when it's not easy to sing to the Lord, but when you sing, it still encourages you. It, still, it may not feel good. I can testify. I've sang the song, It Is Well With My Soul, with tears. And yet, it was well with my soul. Right? So when I say makes you feel good, I don't always mean smiling, happy, whatever. But when you sing to the Lord, there's gratitude, there's peace. There's a connection to His grace. Billy Sunday, the, the famous preacher of uh, Day Gone By, said, There is nothing in the world of art like the songs Mother used to sing. Mothers sing to Jesus. And teach your children to sing to Jesus. I hope you take advantage of Christian radio. I mean, it, you, you wouldn't, you, how many of you mothers spend a lot of time in the car? Yeah, you do. You just you missed the question. Yeah. You spend a lot of time in the car. You're driving these youngins somewhere all the time, grandmothers included, great-grandmothers, Miss Winnie included. She's got my youngin with her sometimes. Christian Radio, 88.9, Moody Radio, 104.7, The Fish, CDs. Play Christian music as you travel around with your kids. Trust me, that's probably not what they're listening to when they're with their friends. So you get it in them the rest of the time. And sing. The second form of worship that mothers are particularly gifted, I believe, is prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mothers, pray. You know, only God, your, your job again is to seek to lead these kids to be captivated by Jesus and the beauty of God's glory. But only God can captivate and change the hearts of your children. So, so pray, pray for their souls, pray for their hearts, and teach your children to pray. Only God and his grace and, and Jesus is an all-sufficient supply for the needs of their souls. I, I'm blessed and, and I'm thankful Blessed in the true sense of the word and so thankful today that I, I don't remember a time when I wasn't being led to pray by my mom and daddy. Not all of you can say that. I understand that. And, that's, and, I, and I don't take that for granted. That's a blessing. Many of you could at the same time say the same thing. Robin prayed with our kids all the time about all sorts of stuff. Betsy's teaching Grant to pray every night, and, and it's encouraging when he starts making statements, and then little ones, as they come, begin to learn from their parents, we should pray for him, or we should pray about that. Moms, that little bit of, extra little bit of time and effort will make a huge difference. So enjoy God's grace, and lead your children to do the same in Christ-exalting worship. But secondly, and lastly this morning, Enjoy God's grace and lead your children to do the same through Christ-centered study of the Word, the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18 says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I don't know about you, I want my kids to live in true freedom in their hearts, and I want them to be ever-growing to be more like Jesus. Don't you, Mom and Dad? 
Amen? This is yes in America. Okay? According to that passage, how does that happen? How do we see and show them his glory? How is it that we behold the glory of the Lord and thereby are transformed little by little into his image? This is where you see his glory. God reveals his glory to us, yes, in nature, but more specifically and most clearly and in detailed fashion in the written word of the living God. And he does it through the power of of his Holy Spirit. I hope to do a study here this fall uh, on Wednesday nights called, based on a book John Piper just released called A Peculiar Glory that talks about the glory of the Word of God. Oh, I hope you understand that and, and understand the power of the Word of God. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. Paul's talking to this young pastor, Timothy. And you see, Timothy had a heritage of faith. He had a heritage of Christ-following family members. And notice what it says. But as for you, Timothy, he's talking to Timothy here, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. And how from childhood, this signals to us who it was that taught him these things, and earlier in this same book, he's already told us his mother and his grandmother, Lois and Eunice. He gives their names. Those mothers' names got put in the Bible because they taught a young boy who became a, major, a pastor in a major city in that day. Their names were inscripturated because of their faithfulness in motherhood, God values motherhood. Timothy, you continue in what you've learned and firmly believe, knowing from whom you've learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. He's talking about the Bible, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Mothers, first of all, know God's Word. Because your most important task is to teach your children the Word of God. You know what? We've, we've talked about singing. We've talked about praying. If your child knows the Word, all that will take care of itself. If you teach them this book, this, this, this passage says, this book will make your children wise for salvation. Furthermore, it will equip them for every good work that God ever will ask them to do. This book will make them ready. So our most important job, both as mothers and fathers, is to teach them the Word of God. You know, you can't teach what you know, so daily immerse yourself in the Word. Get your family, if you're not already, plugged into Sunday school where the Word of God is taught in depth every Sunday morning at 10. This is a good place for me to pause and, and just say thanks to a lot of our ladies who serve week in and week out on Sunday mornings teaching teaching Sunday school first, and then children's church, and then nursery. 
And even in nursery, many, many, many times, there's, there's the truth of God is taught to those that can understand it there in the nursery. And I just want to pause. I want us just to thank our ladies today for doing that. Amen? We appreciate those powerful and important ministries. Today, this, right now, we have some men. Um, your chairman of deacons stood up here last night and said, here's the deal, boys. We're doing children's church and nursery next week. And guess what? The boys are doing children's church and nursery this week. And the women were grateful, and we just appreciate your ministry. So get plugged into Sunday school, and then teach the Word to your kids. Lois and Eunice did that with Timothy. I've got a great mama. Mama did a lot for me growing up. Um, I, I, never, I never was out at night that I didn't come home. Mama was up, and we had to have a debriefing. It was awful. But it was a blessing before it was said and done. I mean, you know, it, I mean... <sighs> I confessed a lot of things at those late-night talks. I mean, if you ever wanted to go to sleep, you're going to have to tell the truth at some point or you'll be up all night. It's real simple. Uh, she gave us, you know, provided a playroom with too many toys. Uh, I'll never forget the time she nursed dying ducklings with an eyedropper. They still died. Um, the ducks always died, don't they? I mean, that just, that's just a bad idea. Um, just thought, but, but the most important thing that my mama did I didn't appreciate it at the time, but she wore out a living Bible. How many of you remember those green uh, living Bibles? They were, they were kind of squishy. They weren't real leather. They had a little padding on each side, and they were green. They were ugly. I mean, I don't, they were just kind of a puke green. I don't know why you do that to a Bible, but anyway. <laughs> Mama wore one out and then obeyed it and taught it to me and my little sister. And, and if I've heard her say it once, it's been a million times. What, son, what does the Bible say about that? Or, when she really wasn't in the mood for me to answer her question, the Bible says about that. And that's as she was opening the Bible to read it to me. Wasn't good enough just to quote it. She opened it and pointed, you see? Don't misunderstand and don't misunderestimate the power of that you see. Don't, don't underestimate the power of pointing to a verse on a page, moms, dads. We need to know as children, it's not you. It's the Word of God. That's what shaped my thinking about God and, and life and how to live it. That is at least in part what prepared me to live my life and do ministry even now. Colossians 3, we read it earlier, 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. I believe that applies to the whole of the word of God. I believe it applies specifically, though, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if you don't end at the cross and in the resurrection and what you teach your children from this book, then you've just, you've just become a, moral, a moralistic, it's kind of just moral therapy. You don't end up at grace in the gospel, amen? And even as you're teaching behavior, there's grace. Even as you're teaching behavior, the power of the resurrection. Teach your children that know Jesus to walk in the power of the resurrection, to obey you, not just because your mama and daddy, there's a place for that, but because they can, and they can because they can ask Jesus to help them. You see? It's all about the gospel. John 17, verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Make sure that your children know that God's word, not your word, not their dad's word, but God's word is the ultimate authority and truth. And most importantly, 
make sure they know that it is the Bible that contains the good news of grace in Jesus, who is our only hope and salvation. Enjoy God's grace through Christ-centered study of the Word of God. Robin, my first wife and mother of my four kids, they're here this morning with me, shared the following at a mother-daughter banquet at Mount Vernon Baptist, just out the road here, back in 2004. This, this was uh, a, 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 little time, a little share time she had with the ladies there just three weeks after her first series of chemo treatments for breast cancer. My song for my children is that there is hope to be found in God's Word, the Bible, and His loving character. As God has taught me things and comforted me, I have shared those things with my kids, and they, in turn, have been comforted. They have learned, and I pray, never forget that there is help in God's Word and prayer. All of the big three have learned the value and benefit of a daily time in God's Word. And this is my interjection. I'm thankful Karis, she was just four at that time, has now learned it also. I wish I had learned this truth earlier in life, and if it took cancer to teach them this wonderful truth, it's worth it. My prayer through all of this is that they would see God as real and active in their lives and have that fact as a foundation that would never be doubted as they grow up. I think God has answered my prayer. My testimony to all of you today is I know he's answered her prayer. As I've watched my four kids grow up into mature followers of Jesus Christ, they're still growing. But by the grace of God, they're walking with Jesus. Why? I might have had a little bit to do with it, but because their mother took this book and got it in their hearts. She knew it, and she taught it. And she got the heart of the message of this book right. That there is a God who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And furthermore, because Jesus is risen from the dead, son, daughter, you can have power to overcome sin. You don't have to do like all your friends are doing. You don't have to live a certain way just because you're a certain age. You can live in the power of the resurrection. Mothers who are captivated by the glory of God and Jesus can uniquely lead their children to the everlasting satisfaction of God's grace in Jesus. What an amazing privilege. What a high calling. And so this morning, we just encourage you, mothers, we thank you for the ministry you have and the impact that your children, as you fulfill this ministry, are going to have in our world and for the sake of the gospel and for the salvation of the nations. Amen? Let's pray.